You're listening to the Common Descent Podcast. Hello, David. Hello, Will. And hello, listeners. Welcome to episode four of Silver Screen Science Kaijun. Back to Kaijun. One more to go after this. One more to go. And we are back after our intermission to the main features of our Kaijun special. We are discussing today the new King Kongs. Now, for this series, anyone who's checking in now, we've been discussing some Kaiju movies, some giant monster movies. In how they connect to paleontology and science and their representation. And we decided to do that because a really good kaiju movie came out this month. So we are timing it. So the last episode, next episode, we'll deal with the new Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes. But today we are discussing the new King Kongs. Now there's only one King Kong movie associated with the new Godzilla films, but... There's also a 2005 version that we're going to discuss. We have two different updates for the giant ape to discuss in this episode. But of course, spoiler warnings. Yes. We always give our spoiler warning because to discuss these movies, we have to spoil them. So you have been warned. And what movies are those? The movies we are discussing today is King Kong 2005's version by Peter Jackson from Universal Studios. And then Kong Skull Island, the 2017 movie... By Jordan Vogt Roberts, by Warner Brothers Studios. Yes, and that's the one that shares continuity. Indeed, that is part of Godzilla stuff. The uh, cinematic monster universe. Yeah, the monarch people. More on that next episode as well. Absolutely. And for Kong Skull Island, we also want to give another shout out to Ed, who put this down as a suggestion, and we are discussing it. So, thanks, Ed. Hi, Ed. And we're going to start things off with the 2005 version. We're going to go chronologically. And this is for two reasons. One, it came out first. But also, it is kind of a shot-for-shot remake. So, to give you an idea of what these movies are, King Kong 2005 is the same story as the first King Kong. Yes, very very much an homage, sort of a reboot of the original. It's got, it's got some nice features to it in the fact that instead of them going to shoot the initial movie that the first one shot the movie they're shooting is the first movie like yes. the scenes from their fake movie in this one are scenes from the first movie it's very clever yes and if you are unfamiliar with the first movie and you haven't already the first episode of our kaijun series was about the original king kong so go listen to that so they're going to the island they're going on adventures throughout the island terrorized by the monsters until they find kong which they bring back who climbs a giant building and is shot by planes and dies. And dies. Spoilers. Told you. The whole King Kong story. It's the exact same thing. Updated graphics. Updated story. Updated characters. Updated creatures. Younger actors. Younger actors, indeed. And so a lot of, you know, new takes, but it's a retelling of the same story. Yes. Kong Skull Island is not that. No, very different. It is a new... It is a... uh. It is a new take, partially, just to begin with, it's in a different time frame. Mm-hmm. Instead of taking place during the same period. The 30s. The 30s, that the Great Depression era of, the Great Depression era, it's taking place just after the Vietnam War. Yeah, so 70s. 70s? 70s? Yes, yes 70s. And so it is a different period piece, and similar concept of Mysterious Island, they go to Island, they meet creatures, Kong is a, a big ape. Yeah. They do not bring him back. It does not pers- progress past that point. Everything stays on the island because it's now part of a wider universe, so he's got to meet up with other monsters later. Right. The big differences here are that this one is much more of an action-adventure. We're lost on an island. There's big monsters. And Kong has to survive at the end so he can punch Godzilla the next time he shows up in, in theaters. Yes, exactly. So to start things off... As always, we like to mention Critters. Yes, and that's the other reason why we're going to do King Kong 2005 first. Like the original, so in most of these episodes, we we talk about the Critters as they relate to paleontology. Yep. The science and the scientists. 
and in King Kong, there's mostly just critters to talk about. There's no scientists, just like there wasn't in the original movie. Yep. And there's not. The science is pretty much the same. The science is shown on screen. They don't say anything about the science. No one gives right. any explanations, really. No one gives any descriptions. N- nothing scientific. It's all just right. myth and rumor. Nothing more sciencey than we mentioned in the first one. No. Or that we can... We'll mention as we go through the critters. Exactly. So instead, we'll focus on how they've updated the animals, because that is the cool thing that 2005 King Kong did, is is even though it's not mentioned by the characters, the island has a recognizable ecosystem to it with new interpretations, updated animals to a degree, and some interesting speculative evolution going on with the animals, where they have replaced some of the... Oh, just throw, you know, Mesozoic animals on the island. They've gone, all right, yes, there are dinosaurs on the island. There are dinosaurs on the island, but they aren't there because of some time capsule effect. They survived the KPG mass extinction 66 million years ago and have evolved since. So instead of it just being set dinosaurs, T-Rex, Triceratops, Bontosaurus, it is modern an interpretation of modern descendants right of those species or of relatives of those species you know a, a new species of ceratopsian a new species of tyrannosaur or relative of and that's very cool yeah that's a cool idea they don't delve into it no one discusses it if you want to get into more detail about it there's an awesome book that is a illustrated field guide to skull island and it goes through the ecology of the different regions it was put out by weta workshops who's the same organization that did the visuals and creature design for king kong it's called the world of kong a natural history of skull island and so if you ever are interested in picking up a a hefty cool picture book this one's awesome especially for you speculative evolution fans oh it's so good it's such a good book critters so Many of the same interactions from the first movie are there in this one. They've just updated a little bit. Their first interaction with the dinosaur is not a stegosaur. It's a ceratopsian. And one of the fun things the book does is it gives you scientific names. So this is Furukutus, Cerates. And I love the fact that they gave them all (laughs) scientific names. I'm not going to go through every single one, but a few of them are fun. The, you know, water attack scene is a new creature called a pteranodon. That's this giant predatory fish. Instead of the seemingly predatory or at least highly territorial Brontosaurus. Yeah. We do see Brontosaurus in this, and they are called Brontosaurus Baxteri in this one. And they are a herd, and they're just big plant eaters, as they should be. And what's interesting about them, compared to the original, these were updated with the times. Yes. So they, like you said, are on land. Yep. They have their tails up off the ground. They are much more modern image of sauropods. Yeah, non-aggressive, just big herbivores in a herd. There are some new monster interactions. They have a whole interaction with the brontosaurus caused, where a stampede is caused by some dromaeosaurus dinosaurs, like really big. They're like Utah raptor size. Yeah. Raptors, dromaeosaurs. They're venetosauruses. So the book says, and they are, they are extremely monsterified, which is a thing that did carry over from the first movie into this one. The first time they meet the Ceratops, it literally charges in at one moment and rampages around. The Pteranodon attacks their boat and then just keeps picking people off. There's lots of moments where small animals, like a whole bunch of freshwater sea scorpion type creatures attack all of them when they're crossing the lake just because they're there and as we always say our concept of monsterification yes taking what would otherwise be a real animal like a dromaeosaur like a fish or or like a scorpion and giving it features that make more sense in the context of a movie monster and less sense in the context of a real life animal the raptors are also very jurassic park inspired yes 
to the point that, and I, I, I didn't actually make a note of what this was, but in my notes I say they make a Jurassic Park noise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I don't remember what the noise was. Yeah, but I, I know which, I know which part you're talking about. I, I was, that's a Jurassic Park noise that they made. Yes, they're also what um paleo artists would call shrink wrapped. Yes, they are. They're they're very tight skinned to the muscle, so you can see the bone and muscle definition underneath the skin in many places yes very much unlike most animals that have some padding some fat some tissue some bulky muscle on them absolutely they're also blind to their own safety as they charge into the stampede to attack these things that are you know 20 times their weight and are just getting crushed during the stampede and never once seem to think you know what maybe we should get out so they have that like I am here to kill, and that's all I'm here for. And a lot of the yes. animals have that in this. Perfectly willing to put the to ignore clear and present danger to eat. What now? Oftentimes we'll complain about giant animals trying to prey on little morsels, which humans. happens in this movie. But these guys—that actually—that is about the right size an animal should be yes. to be interested in eating humans. There's a suggestion that they were pack hunters and they may have been going for the herd and causing a stampede to pick. Like, that happens with predators. So there's interesting stuff to be there, but not a lot of not a lot of uh, good representation. No. We get a lot of just big versions of stuff on the island. Big cave bugs, big trapdoor spiders, big centipedes. And that is another one of these delightful paleontology media tropes. Yes. That if you want to make something prehistoric, you take a regular creature and make it big. Yep. And in some cases, that's true. Like, giant insects were around in the Carboniferous. They weren't nearly as exaggerated as what we see in the movie. No. And also the reason that they were able to grow that big is probably an environmental thing, and they wouldn't be able to do that in the modern world. Yes. And this is what's special about the island. They're just big bugs, so that's the thing. There's also these big lizardy things. Yeah, there's giant, and they are terrestrial crocodiles, uh, ah. is what they are described as. The Phyotodon. And they are these beefy, short-snouted bulldog crocs. Yeah. With almost a Komodo dragon-like. I thought they, they looked like therapsids. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. early mammal cousins. Absolutely. And uh, so they, they add in some really cool concepts for animals. I will say, on the topic of animals, we often complain about the monsters going after prey in ways that don't make sense, like we said uh, earlier. The scene where they're all being attacked by bugs, and like the bugs are just jumping all over them and trying to eat them and such. That one, honestly, yeah, bugs. Oh, yeah. Bugs are ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Insects are crazy. That whole ignoring danger is, is very simple motivations. Yeah, the Zerg Rush mentality. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Because they have this these uh, grasshoppery things. Yeah, these big katydids. And they're jumping on, and I'm like, that's those. Or that's wetas. just locusts. Oh, yeah. That makes, that does not set off any alarm bells. So, I, I can see that. Now, there's one other scene that I found just interesting because it's, once again, kind of, it's kind of having that effect that I, I, uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this. That you see in the Swiss Family Robinson where they're just throwing animals in. Because there's one moment, and this is some of these scenes. If anyone's at this moment, I should have said this earlier, but I forget because it's my default version to watch. Some of these scenes are from the extended version. So if you only saw this once in theaters, uh, the Piranodon scene I don't think was in the theatrical release. Uh, the Ceratopsian scene wasn't in the theatrical release. And this this makes me feel much better because you were talking about those earlier. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, I forgot to take notes about those yeah. parts. No, now I understand it. I have a big... So, any once again, for anyone who's like, they're being really harsh on this. I have a giant, thick, super-duper collector's version. I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, my default version is a collector's edition. And I forget sometimes because it's the one I've watched more often <laughs> than the theater version. As always, and we don't, we should probably say this disclaimer more often. Bad science does not mean a bad no. movie. No. Bad science is fascinating. <laughs> if bad science meant a bad movie, all movies would be bad, minus like literally a handful. And Will would not have all these incredible Star Wars <laughs> and Marvel <laughs> and Godzilla collector stuff on his shelves. No, I wouldn't. So 
this movie has uh, one scene where a terror bird shows up in the uh, extended version where they accidentally shoot a, a terror bird as it runs by. Oh, that's cool. Which is another one of those, like, eh, just another prehistoric animal on there. But to get to the big famous animals, we do have stand-ins for T-Rex since we have to have the T-Rex fight. Of course. This is the V-Rex. Now, yes, that name was probably initially chose just to sound cool, but it is the Vastosaurus. And it is Vastosaurus Rex, so it is a descendant of some Tyrannosaur, so says the book. And they look very T-Rexy. Yep. There's a couple of weird things in there. They've got three fingers. They've got a little thumb hanging off their hand. Which is very strange. Very strange. Because that where if they were descended from Tyrannosaurs, that means they have to have re-evolved two fingers. Yeah. <laughs> but they also have uh, a very a very blunt snubbed snout so it's become yep. you know i'm trying to think of a good very hyena almost like just just yeah sort of bulldoggy yeah almost like in a belly sore yeah sort of short-faced big dinosaur big predatory dinosaurs now one thing they do with this that i have to mention because this is a and i, I think we've mentioned this before i think we mentioned it with the indominus rex they do the same thing there to try to make them scary is that they just have bad dentition i'm glad you said that is it the next thing i was gonna mention <laughs> yeah their teeth are just pointing in all directions just just stacked on top of one another and... they did it with indominus in jurassic world they did it with the indoraptor yep in fallen kingdom it's just i have teeth just coming out of my lips just all directions because i'm either because i'm a scary random movie monster or because i was raised in captivity and yes. this is what happens now the v-rexes have the worst uh scenario of going after food with unrealistic gusto. They are the most monsterified of the dinosaurs in this movie. Almost to a cartoony degree. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. They're, so it's the fight with them starts when Andero, the movie star to be yes. for the the film, the one that they the the actress they brought to film yes. uh, here played by naomi watts yes but originally the famous role by Faye ray yes back in 33 she ends up alone on the island for a moment stumbles close to one of the v-rexes and is pursued until kong saves her at which point two more <laughs> v-rexes show up all of which uninterested in kong only interested in this human Tiny little human being held by the gorilla in parts of this fight. Yep. Like, there are moments where the V-Rex will... Multiple times where they try to grab her out of his hand. Like, while he's holding one by the throat, it's just ignoring that and trying to reach around him. Like, it's a game of keep away. It's like if a, if a tiger saw another tiger with a mouse in its mouth... And ran over and tried to just steal the mouse out from the tiger's mouth. Ignoring that the other tiger was holding it. Just trying Complete. to get that mouse. Maybe a better comparison would be like a bear. <laughs> this is a mountain lion trying to take a mouse from a bear. <laughs> Why? It was, it's so, and the fight, the fight's fun, but it lasts so long and goes through so many weird scene changes. It's like, um... In the, uh, well, the, the, the Injustice 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a fighting game where you play as DC superheroes. And there's a mechanic where when you're fighting, you can trigger a scene change. Yeah, you can and bust now you're them. in the laboratory. Yeah, bust them through a wall or throw them across the city. My favorite part of them trying to grab Anne is there's a part where they fall in down this cliff face into this tangle of vines. Yep. And Anne finds herself dangling <laughs> in the vines. And this big V-Rex is, like, several yards away from her. And it's dangling over hundreds a chasm. of... Over a chasm after fighting a big gorilla. And it looks up and sees her dangling and kicks off the <laughs> wall of the canyon to reach over and to try to grab her. swing over to her. Like, they are... And again, this is a very monsterified mm -hmm. trait. You've taken a real-life animal a tyrannosaur and just it has one sole fixation and it makes no sense as an animal no now the book does 
attempt to answer some of some of this monstery behavior. And it's shown just visually in the movie, but once again, never mentioned. The island is supposed to be a very ancient bit of remaining rock that is in the process of eroding and crumbling yes into the sea sinking into the sea so the habitat is shrinking and the idea is supposed to be that we're seeing this island at a point where everyone is on the verge of starvation right all the animals are their habitat is shrinking they're being pushed out of one habitat into another what should be an animal like a tyrannosaur that has habitats of miles square miles hundreds of square miles are being forced in on top of each other they're all starved for food and they're going after any option they can get so that's now that's never said in the movie once no so this is a little bit of retconning yeah kind of it's probably intended it was probably intended someone in the production of the movie thought it all through yes but it wasn't told to us until well after the movie came out right so that's supposed to be the idea. Now, now that does now that does not fix everything. Yeah, because the the habitats sure seem super lush. Yeah, there's tons of plants and tons of bugs and mm-hmm. tons of creatures. And aside from the shrink wrapped raptors, the shrink raptors, <laughs> the animals look okay. Like yeah, they don't look emaciated or anything. So it, eh, I get the concept. It's not yeah, one hundred percent on brand, but it's it's attempting. An interesting idea. Yes. Now, finally, Kong. Kong. Kong in this one is a scaled-up silverback gorilla. Yeah, and the last one, I remember we, we I mentioned that he's very human-like, Yeah. but also a gorilla, and they call him neither beast nor man. This one, they still keep that line. Yes, they do. But he's just a gorilla. Just a gorilla. The big silverback gorilla. Down to... It, he even acts, yes, portrayed expertly by the incomparable Andy Serkis, Woo! who studied gorillas. Mm-hmm. So Kong, very strangely, is just a really big gorilla. Yeah, it's it's uh, a cool update because it made it gave the movie a little bit more of that. And this was the nice thing about the movie is it all has a more feeling of reality because everything. All the animals look somewhat believable. Yeah. Kong is not this person in a suit sort of design. Right. He was that stop motion animation figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, originally. And... Here he's CG. It's 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 um, um, motion capture. Motion capture. Yeah. And it's fully gorilla anatomy. They even walks on his knuckles, on, yep. on his fingers the right way. So it's it's... Just a big gorilla. They even have a great scene of him eating bamboo. Yeah. Showing that it's it's mainly herbivorous. Except when he fights. Yes. And we mentioned this in the last one, that Kong fought like a, a pro wrestler. In this one, he's much more pounded into the, you know, Kong smash. Yes. Like a gorilla would be. But he's also really smart about fighting. Oh, like, it's, it's if... A gorilla trained with Jason Statham. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there are multiple moments of him, like, catching one enemy to then block another while springing up a foot to trip a third. And it's it's a, a, you know, martial arts fight scene with theropods and a giant primate. Yes. Which is very cool. Oh, it's awesome. But it also... They definitely give the suggestion that Kong is fighting like this just all the time. He's yeah. got scars all over him. He's got a broken canine. So it's the suggestion of that it's just he's constantly fighting. They also hold the suggestion, like in the first one, that Kong is the last of his kind. Yes. And in, in this one, they show bones. They show the remains of the previous Megaprimatus Kong. Interesting. I don't like that name. Yeah, I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done better. I read that and I went, oh, Dave, Dave is not going to be impressed with that. <laughs> they also, so Kong, of course, is monsterified. Yes. Even, you know, in addition to just being huge, he's very gorilla. Like, they do a great job making him seem like a big gorilla. The most monstery trait that he has is that he's impervious to bullets. 
Yeah, like, unless it's a military-sized rifle or machine gun. <laughs> yep. Just like the Indominus was impervious to bullets, the Indoraptor. Yep. Kong. Like, one of the sauropods gets taken down by several shots from a gun. Yeah, and gets shot out by the kneecaps. Kong does not. Kong is not impressed. The scene that really drives that home for me with Kong is there's a moment where one of the V-Rex clamps down on his forearm, Mm -hmm. fully biting his forearm. Now, even scaled up, that would be the equivalent of like a five, six, maybe seven foot, depending on how you want to do the weights. But that would be like a six foot alligator clamping down on my arm. I was going to say a hyena. (laughs) Yes. But like that would break my arm, guaranteed. Yep. If it yep. just if I just let it just stuck it all the way back to the to the molar form teeth, just yep. get in there. And Kong just takes it, punches him, and keeps going. Yeah, because he's a monster. And again, we're, that's not a criticism. Yes, that's that's the whole point of Kong. Yes, but it is one of the tropes of turning a what would otherwise be a normal animal into a movie monster. The other thing I found very interesting with this Kong is. We see old Kong climb stuff. Yeah. This King this King Kong swings. Like there are multiple moments yeah. where he, he brachiates, which is when you swing with your arms, not on a you know a vine, but where he's like swinging around cliff faces and stuff. And it's interesting that they made him more agile. He's like leaping and everything. Yeah, and that it looks so cool. Oh, it looks fantastic. They did such a great job of that. But like the stuff we mentioned in our intermission episode. If that gorilla decided to jump, break every bone in both of his legs when he landed. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Just crack, crack, crack. There's also a scene where he <laughs> punches the ground and cracks a solid stone yes. face. Is Once again, like, what are you made out of? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's goodness. He's made out of congium. <laughs> Congbranium. Congbranium. <laughs> now, there's one creature the the final creature they interact with before leaving the island in the original was a pteranodon yeah pterosaur flying a, reptile just a big you know hollywood style version of a of a pterosaur in this one we have winged creatures but they're these giant bat creatures and the book says they're actually flying naked rats so they're rodents convergent with bats. Yes. That's pretty cool. And the size of a pterosaur. Yes. With these, and they've got these very needle-like, the the teeth are obviously just meant to look scary, but they're reminiscent of vampire bat teeth. Yeah. They come to very sharp points and, and you know, don't occlude in a biting way, but in like a slicing, piercing way. They also swarm attack Kong. Yes. Again, for no reason, apparently, other than to have another big monster fight. There's one moment where he, he gets upset in his cave and roars, and they wake up and then just all swarm onto him. Yep, <laughs> even though that's where he lives. Like, they both have obviously been living there. <laughs> until that's, That was the final straw noisy com- neighbor complaint. <laughs> we had it, Kong. This, this, is the, this is it. We can't take any more. The one other thing I wanted to mention about the inhabitants of the island... In the original, we mentioned the natives. Yes. And we commented about how the natives don't come off looking great. No. And there's a little bit of that, like, Mm. colonial prejudice there Mm. where they're, like, super primitive and and not very intelligent. And this movie? Like, there's a lot of stuff that this movie obviously has updated for the times. Yes. I think the natives are worse. Yeah. They're just monster people. Yeah. And it's real uncomfortable. They do they do a whole bunch of weird stuff cuz they're horror movie creepy. Yeah. They're they're not treated as particularly human. No, they've got all these like nasty fingernails, nasty teeth. They're, they're like the classic image of savages. Yeah. And they do all Barely the stuff. Barely even human. They they sacrifice. They bust heads. They don't talk. They don't talk. There's no there's communication. One, this time. There's one woman who <laughs> who we hear her speak the language, and it's mostly Dori Kong. Yes, of her talking about that she will be the bride of Kong. So not not great. They also have a very culty vibe to them, where like a number of them are shown going into like very seizurey trances while they're sacrificing. 
it's yeah they're just scary black people yeah and it's not that's not super great it's i i get what they were going they were in this one instead of making the island awe-inspiring and mysterious they try to make the island creepy it's decrepit scary crumbling into the sea don't you don't belong here and they went with that with the people as well but it, it ends up just turning them into very very cliche just monster people eh. so yeah they monsterified the people yeah they did they yeah. really did yeah now as we mentioned we don't really have any scientists and nope. we don't really have any science no dis- and when we say science there's no discussion of no. science in the film right and we've already discussed the science that the book discussed for the so like we've given you what science there yeah. is which means we can move on we can move on to the new monster verse so we will move on to kong skull island now in this one we have some very different critters yeah a very new updated island this is not supposed to be a island of prehistory you know protected till today it is but not the prehistory we know yeah so the the whole story the lore in this new movie universe is that the earth was once inhabited by titans by monsters by what by truly kaiju. monsters kaiju by kaiju it was the the time of the kaiju and that's what's here yes and that they have persisted here due to a connection to the hollow earth which we'll discuss more after we mention yeah, the critters more on that in a second <laughs> <laughs> breezing right by all right then moving on so the critters here are truly monstrous like and it's kind of an interesting transition. Original Kong were just that time period's visualization of dinosaurs. Yep. Thrown onto an island together. New Kong evolved dinosaurs, you know, descendants of yep. dinosaurs. Some creatures that's like, all right, what if a piranha became a mega predator, you know, became a, a apex river predator, like a right. orca, you know, like a freshwater orca. So like some cool science, still some of them are weird and bizarre, but there's a thought here... We have a another ecosystem, but it's made out of just movie monsters. And it makes it... Like, some of them are just big animals. Yes. Like, there's a big water buffalo-looking thing. Just giant moose buffalo thing. I think there was a giant dragonfly. Yeah. I, well, there was not a lot of scale, but there was a dragonfly. Yeah. There are those super cool giant stick bug things. Oh my gosh, the log insect. The log insects. <laughs> but for the most part, they're either big animals. Yep. Or made up. Yeah. Just completely out of someone's imagination. Which means they kind of fall outside the realm of our typical critter discussion. Yes. Because they're not really related to paleontology or real animals all that much. They're just monsters. It's kind of what we said with Pacific Rim. Yeah. Where they, they get around a lot of our... Now, we can nitpick technicalities of like, well, that doesn't make sense why it would live that way. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for us to nitpick on like, well, that's not how that would act. No. I don't know. I didn't write that creature. Yes. It's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some interesting ones. Uh, you get the bamboo spider, which is one of the monster fight scenes. Yeah. It's this this giant arachnid? Yeah. Arachnid-like creature. It's, it's at least uh, convergently... It looks like a big spider, but it hunts among the bamboo stalks and its legs blend into the bamboo and they are sharp on the bottom. Yep. Skewer someone with its legs. And then it has these, these, um, what do they call the, them? Like the tentacle. They, these, these tentacle, these, these tendril things that they reach down to pick up the thing they killed and then eat yeah. it above the trees. They also have scorpion tails. Yes, they do. Yes. So it's, it's that classic chimera monster yeah it's arthropod features it also has pincer yeah yeah it did up above it near its face what if we took a bunch of cool features from animals and Mm -hmm. put them on the same monster yep yep it's i like scorpions it's a shame they don't have wings oh this one could you know what i could change that (laughs) (laughs) and so you get a lot of those kind of creatures you get some truly unique you know wildlife one of the ones that stands out to me are the the knife nose bird things. Yeah, they're kind of they're very pterosaur like, very pterosaur esque in the fact that they have membrane wings. Yeah, but instead of stretching fingers, they have long, weird arms with little hands on the end. Yeah, and this big membrane in between the body and the arm, and they have like a sawfish face. Yes, which they use as a saw to slice things apart. 
Like, there's one scene where one flies by and just chops someone in half. Yep. They also have a scene, and this is similar to what we said in Jurassic World, where one of them, which is far smaller than us, yep, picks someone up and just flies away with them? Yeah, picks, and that's in my notes. I say, it's so much smaller than he is. Yes. <laughs> the creature, and we go back to the Jurassic World one. It's so tiny. It's ridiculous. Also, Will, how does it pick him up? With its feet. With its feet! <laughs> it's, it's, what else are you going to do with your feet? Stop it! <laughs> yeah, it's... They they have a lot of times where the creatures do things that just make <laughs> no physical sense. I did like one of the monsters, and it's one of their least wacky. It's just a giant freshwater octopus. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's cool. A freshwater cephalopod. It actually is not even shown to be particularly aggressive. It shows up because Kong hunts it. Yep. And then that's it. Yeah. Which is, it, is cool. kind of fun. Yeah. Still follows the same kaiju rules. Yes, it does. That would be jelly. <laughs> yes. But it looks cool. Yes, it would. The one thing that is very paleontology-y is at one point they're in the monster nest. And there's a Triceratops skull. Yes, thank you. I had that in my notes, but yep. I didn't have it with the critters. It's out the, oh, it is. It's at the bottom. Just a random Triceratops skull laying around. Which has that that similar vibe to the trilobite in Godzilla's footprint. Yep. Throw a prehistoric animal in yeah. there. Yeah. Just, oh, one of these died here at some point. Which is interesting. Yes. It's... And, and that is supposed to be like this elephant graveyard situation it's supposed to it's supposed to be like a big carnivore nest well it's like it's it's for the skull crawlers it's where this evidently giant battle happened between kong's kind and the skull crawlers yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and the skull crawlers and the main enemy here which are our bad guy kaiju yes for this film and are very interesting in their design they they are reptilian for sure oh yes they have a very lizardy face. Some it kind of looks like a, a monitor lizard esque skull kind of thing. Very pointed. Yeah. They have two big bicepy, you know, forearms. Yep. And then big long serpentine tail. And they have they flick their tongues. They do. Which very is anguamorph. A triforked tongue. Yeah. Which, which I thought doesn't that that's odd. Yeah. Well, they can smell in three directions. Yes. And they have lots of rows of teeth. They do. Which are, it's always interesting to see where they're drawing their inspiration. Yes. The forked flicking tongue, these are, yeah, they're invoking snakes. Yes, they are. The many rows of teeth is also a snake quality, but I'm willing to bet that if you ask the people who created it, they would cite sharks. Yeah. Because sharks are more famous for that. Yeah. But snakes also do have, like, your standard snake's got six rows of teeth. Yes, they do. They have teachers all over their mouth. Yep. And that's kind of the the interesting thing is this is a bit of a chimera creature. And then also just a, a weird, it's a, it's a very alien creature. Because like, if you notice, I didn't mention any back legs. No, no. They are torso and tail. It's like that one monster from Monsters, Inc. Yes. Who was just, had two two arms and walked on them. Yep. 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 That's exactly what they do, and they... It's interesting. It's its like a mermaid design, but for a snake lizard. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a really terrible UNT, <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons fans. Yes, and they are just horrifying monsters. They're aggressive, they want to kill everything. And they are the antithesis to Kong. To Kong. Now, Kong in this has gone, has gone back to original King Kong. Yes, stands much more erect. Much more human posture. Chest out, shoulders yeah. back. Confidence, exuding confidence. Yes. <laughs> um, He's ready for his interview. <laughs> he, and this is by far the smartest and most tactical Kong we've seen. Oh, yeah. In at least the movies we discussed. There's a whole bunch of King Kong movies, and we're not yeah. going through all of them. I'm not even going to try. But <laughs> in these three films, this Kong doesn't just fight tactically. He uses weapons. Yeah, he does. He uses improvised weapons. There's a my one of my favorite scenes where he just grabs a tree, strips it of all the branches, and then has a baseball club. <laughs> yep. Just ready to, to beat some kaiju face. Like the original, he's very human. Incredibly so. 
also seems to be much more chimp inspired. Yeah. His facial features are much more chimpy, I think, than the gorilla like Kong we got in the in the last one. It's kind of just general ape. Yeah. Just just ape face. You know, you got hooded eyes, you got a flat nose, you know, you got got sloped lips. Yeah. He also takes bullets, this time from helicopter mounted machine guns. This this Kong is also much larger. And he gets napalmed. Yes, he does. And then he gets up. Yep. This is the most kaiju Kong we've oh, seen. Yes. And again, he this Kong is being set up to fight Godzilla. Yep. So, it, yeah, it makes perfect sense that that's who you'd go with. There's a line in there where he is not full grown, so he's going to nope. get even bigger. They do again show Kong skeletons. They do. He they have This time they have a story, because there's not just skull crawlers. There's also... The big one. Yes. Which is unique for being bigger. Big. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a story by the people there on the island who... That talks about the fact that Kong's parents were killed in a battle with this giant skull crawler. And they forced it back underground and now Kong's keeping the peace above. Yes. They don't make... They don't talk about, like, the rest of... Just that there was a male and female mating pair at least yep. and now there's just kong there's this consistent trend of labeling kong as an endling an endling the last of his species also you mentioned the natives by far the coolest version of the natives they are so cool they're still like they're very sort of almost stereotypical it's, they're cliche in ways monk sort of we we are the the wise monk like tribe mm mm-hmm. mhm but they're not like murder demons. <laughs> well, the, it's it's several steps in the right direction. The thing I like because in this one Kong is unarguably the good guy. Yes, like comes straight through. And in this one, they still worship Kong. He is still their king, but they aren't in fear of him. They are, it they are under his care. Yes, and it's a very different perception. And they do have this monk-like, because they're all, they've all, the entire group has taken a vow of silence. They never explain why? Whether it's survival, just to avoid all the monsters you live around, and so, hey, let's just stop making noise. Yep. But they never say why. It's just kind of part of the, the shtick of the movie. Yep. But they also are just people. You know, they're shown just, like, they have art, you know, they have, you know, th- their own culture and they're they have you see them like doing just normal stuff around their village uh and i also liked that the giant wall that is a big part of every king kong is obviously was obviously built by them it was not something left left behind by some ancient forgotten race these people have been here reproducing and having generations and over those generations have built a giant bamboo constructed wall they don't come off as stereotypically primitive no they're much more like the stereotypical image of like east asian enlightened tribes who have you know they are beyond materialism that kind of still stereotypical yeah it's it's, that kind of thing it's at least a (laughs) well-meaning well yeah they're not they're not yet evil savages anymore but they 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 I, I, I felt they did a decent job because they felt very much like when you see actual video uh, or when you see actual videos of uh, groups of people first encounters with, uh, you know, European mm-hmm. culture and technology, you know, the, the people in uh, uh, groups of people in the rainforest that have, you know, gone until fairly recently without encountering anything from you know, modern society. It, it had a very similar feel to that. Uh, and I, I I thought that was a, a much cooler way to portray them. It's just, no, they're doing fine. They just live on an island full of monsters. And then a whole bunch of people with guns showed up. And they don't know what any of that is. So they're just going to, okay, bye. <laughs> and yeah, it's, they, they, uh, they were also, uh, I was going to say they were also good guys. But that's kind of what we were saying. <laughs> So that's that's the wildlife of Kong Skull Island and people and people. 
the science, they don't talk much about the ecological science. No. Almost all the science they discuss is geologically based, but centered. It's geology. And it's centered around the hollow earth concept. Yeah, so there is a geologist who we'll discuss in a moment who mentions that he's tracking evidence of the hollow earth he's to support the, his hollow earth theory he was the only researcher to come up with it again yep but it's this and the hollow earth has uh real world connections to ideas that there's this secret world beneath the earth some were just old stories some are conspiracy theories <laughs> it's got a lot of really weird <laughs> culture behind it and this is a long-running trope because you look go back to you know journey to the center of the earth yeah, and, and a lot of older movies where the idea is there are hollow spaces within the planet that depending on how mythological your story is getting may be home to ancient creatures it shows up in a lot of old movies more recently, it like you said, is also tied into wacky conspiracy theories. Yeah, stuff. it's it's gotten some weird connections to to what nowadays is suggested is in the Hollow Earth, and that is another trope that this movie falls squarely into, and that is the true conspiracy trope. Yes, that it is, and we've mentioned this. Well, I you know I'll jump ahead a little bit. One of the scientist tropes we always mention is the lone scientist. Yes. I figured it out. No one believed me. Just me. This one has that wrapped up in that, what do you think they're hiding? Like, everyone rejects this idea. They laugh at me when I present it at the conferences, but it's all a cover-up and I was right the whole time, which movies love doing with science. It is, it is often a, quote, more compelling form of storytelling for us to follow the, the one person who, you know, outside of the masses knew the truth or sees the truth or is able to find the truth. Yes, he is the one. Because we want to identify with this yeah, protagonist. We, we love an underdog. And we we all want to be able to, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, and I I too could be something like, yes. it, it makes sense storytelling wise. Yeah. But <laughs> scientifically, that's not... It, but it's this trope. We haven't come across this really in our movie science discussions very much. No, that that. But movies love doing that with science. They, all the time that there is a secret side to science that only few know, but has been known by those few for decades. Also, I'm not a seismologist, <laughs> but one of the missions that they go there with is we're going to detonate seismic charges yep. to study the structure of the interior, like the the, the, the bedrock under the island. It's a more dramatic version of what they do in Jurassic Park with the doom. Right. Which, that is a super cool concept because that is how we study the interior of the Earth. Yeah. Is through earthquake waves. Mm-hmm. That when earthquakes go off, we watch how the waves travel through the planet and infer what kinds of material they're traveling through exactly there are also i'm sure studies where you will artificially send waves through things to detect stuff and then they get to the island and they're like all right release the charges and the charges are just giant bombs just dropping bombs <laughs> on the surface huge explosions on like my note my note just says those aren't seismic charges <laughs> <laughs> hey wait a minute <laughs> hang on a second you're pulling one over on it. Yeah, it's just bombs. They're just bombs. Now, in the movie, you also find that there was an alternate agenda to use these bombs to flush Kong out. My favorite. <laughs> so I'm looking at my notes here, and I, I had a lot of fun, apparently. This is Samuel L. Jackson's character in the movie, who, when he comes to this realization, says, quote, so this was never about geology, <laughs> end quote. And in my notes, I just wrote, no, Sam, it never is. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> no, you're right. This, no. no, none of this is about geology. No, it's not. <laughs> he was so close with the seismic charges. <laughs> it was such a cool idea. <laughs> and so the idea for their version of Hollow Earth is that these prehistoric progenitors, these titans, these original rulers of Earth, primordial, 
have found sanctuary inside hollow chasms and channels and tubes and pathways riddled throughout the Earth's crust. Crust, at the very least, yeah. And that they've been hiding down there until our recent use of explosions and stuff have been flushing more and more out. Yep. And incidentally, we'll just take a brief moment to say, that's not true. There are not giant spaces inside the crust. Not, no. 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 Even when, like, someone out there's going, what about magma chambers? Which is an intuitive thought, but that's not what a magma chamber is. It's just a big patch of earth that's partially melted. Yeah. So you can't live in it. Aside from caves, which are relatively close to the surface. That's so shallow compared to what they're talking about. Yeah, the hollow, or the, the notion of big open holes in, in tunnels and stuff in the in the in the lower deep crust isn't that's not a thing and even if there was as far as anything going to hide in those go look up the things that live in caves they're super cool they're super cool and they are about the size of my hand at biggest <laughs> and pale and often blind yep and super 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 low energy very low metabolism because nothing grows in caves because there's no sunlight unless you have chemicals for like bacteria to grow off of so you're eating microbes yep and that kaiju fight would be way slower yep it's so (laughs) that's always the issue when they're like well they're hiding in the hollow earth and eating what and yes well (laughs) now the next godzilla answers that a little bit yes as we'll discuss yes it does (laughs) so in this one it's just kind of this oh you know there's this big hole in the ground literally and monsters come out of it every now and then. It's it's their spawn point. Yes, <laughs> it's just, that's where the spawner's in there, and we have to go destroy yes, it. Yes, exactly. So, that's the science. Now, one other sentence that's just in my notes, and I like this. Someone says, take away a species' natural competition, they'll proliferate out of control. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's actually good, that, good on you. That's e- how e- we mess up lots of ecosystems. Ecologically. Correct. That's why you don't take away predators. <laughs> As for the scientists throwing around this wacky science, we actually have some in this movie. We do. There's science, which is a, a rare sight in our kaiju list. Yes. There's a whole team of them. So they have two main teams, the survey team, which mm-hmm. are mapping the island. Because the whole thing yep. in this one is that instead of Skull Island being a mysterious legend, only spoken of through mists and drunken sailors. It is an island found by the recent the recent use of satellite imaging because now we're getting toward the the competition with Russia. Yes. And they actually use the fact we need to get to this island before Russia does. We don't know what's on it, but do you want Russia to have it? Yeah. And it's <laughs> the American competition mentality back yeah. then. Science race. And so I liked that because it's not that Skull Island's just somehow been known about, and yet no one has it on a map and no one's been there except for the people who live there. <laughs> and yeah. here, it's the first time it's ever been imaged, and now we are wanting to go find, as they describe it, the last blank spot on the map. It also harkens to the very real-life history of the connection between science and the military. Yes, it does. And we're taking our science around the world to increase sort of our understanding and control and dominion and, and presence. Presence. Yeah. This movie also has the first ever explained reason for them to bring machine guns and grenades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's just what you do when you explore a random island. Absolutely. It's bring the heavy <laughs> artillery. We don't know what's there. Uh... So they get a military escort to the island because they don't know if competition is heading there as well. Yeah. And And also because there's an ulterior motive. Yes. That there's a giant gorilla and monsters. Which, once again, I I appreciate. Yes, it's a conspiracy theory that, you know, sometimes might seem convenient to have everyone be right. But at least it explains why everything is set up the way it is. Yeah. Instead of just people being ready for an action movie when you are here to shoot a movie? Yeah. What? No, you're here to fight <laughs> monsters. So, okay, cool. We meet one prominent scientist. Indeed. Uh, Mr. Brooks, mm-hmm. a geologist. And like we mentioned, this is the guy who is the lo- the one man who solved the mystery 
and got laughed at at a scientific conference and completely defies the consensus. Yep. And because it's a movie, he's right. Because that's always, you know, quote unquote, more interesting than, you know, real science. He does get very excited when his hypothesis is vindicated. Absolutely. Which is, yeah, absolutely. That'd be exciting. He, 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 I like, I buy him as a science, you know, scientist or science adjacent person. Yeah. You know, so. As as a pseudoscientist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he works. (laughs) (laughs) We do get uh, a biologist as well, San Lin, who is also there. Yes. (laughs) Who's in the movie as well. She doesn't do much in this movie as far as like describing like she has a couple of comments about what must be going on and right you know how the ecosystem but she doesn't really get a lot of time to discuss it heavily she's kind of there just along with brooks studying the hollow earth right aspect yeah she's on board she's on board uh and then not a true scientist but john goodman this is bill randa who is the one heading that monarch side of the team. Yes. He's the head of the government organization of Monarch, which is the organization looking for giant monsters. Yep. Established in search of the big famous giant monster we'll discuss next episode. So he, they're, they're like government professional crypto zoological agency yeah, there's there's uh, there was one video i saw that said they were shield for monsters and yeah that's yeah that's yeah they're shield for monsters and that's they they <laughs> knit, i can't remember if it was uh it was one review i saw that said it yeah but they are there to search and identify and at the beginning of the movie laughing stocks yes there's a great line i love where they said you guys are as bad as those people looking for alien life and john Moon goes yeah but those guys are nuts <laughs> yep. Yep. And it's that conspiracy thing. Like movies love the very not real life scenario of some big hidden scientific conspiracy. It's a it's a large scale mystery story. You know. Yeah. We, and it's fun. We love mystery. We don't want the mystery to be solved. It's like, oh, he was killed with a gun. Your gun. That, you killed him. Lock him up, fellas. Yeah. No, we want Moriarty. <laughs> running the crime syndicate of London. So we want grand scale, mis- you know, conspiracies. The other character I wanted to mention is Loki. Yep. Tom Hiddleston's character, Conrad. Conrad. Who's not a scientist. He's not a researcher. No. But he's their tracker. He's, he's their wilderness guy. Yeah, their jungle expert. And I really appreciate that when they first approach him, he's like, you want me to lead you around this random island <laughs> that you haven't been to and is super dangerous. And he starts listing all the dangers. Let me list all the ways you're going to die. Yeah. And he talks about diseases and predators and heat and rain. Yeah. Hey, a, a guy who knows what he's talking <laughs> about, about the wilderness. We just watched the final <laughs> uh, 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 behind the scenes episode of Our Planet. And the scenes when they're in the rainforest are just miserable looking. <laughs> yep. It's awful. And it, I, I always appreciate when there's a character in the movie who, even though they're going to do it anyway. Oh, yeah. And none of those things comes up. <laughs> no, not really. Like, n- there are no diseases. There's no heat stroke. There's no rain issues. There's none of the predators you were expecting, at least. <laughs> it's a perfectly pristine walk in the park, aside from the monsters. Yep. But they, he, he, but he mentions it. Yeah, there's... It, for people who research in the rainforest, the list of shots you have to get before going <laughs> is, from what I've heard, I've never done it, but I've met, I know people who have, and it's exhaustive. And then you come back with all your bot flies and stuff that you've <laughs> taken with. One other paleo connection that I wanted to make early in the movie, I timestamped it in my notes, 23 minutes into the movie. Samuel L. Jackson says, hold on to your butts. Yes, he does. (laughs) Appreciated. That is a completely realistic paleo reference. Oh, yeah, no. Somebody would, if if it weren't for the fact that this movie takes place in the 70s, (laughs) that's something a person would reference. (laughs) All right. So with those bits of discussion out of the way, we are about ready to end the episode. But as always, we like to wrap it up with some mini rants so we can discuss the things. That we just have to discuss, but don't have a category for. 
Yeah, this stuff, we're, we spend most of the movie trying to talk about the broad concepts instead of nitpicking little yeah. annoying things. But we also like to nitpick little annoying things. Now we're going to nitpick it. So my mini rant regards King Kong 2005. Yes. Throughout the movie. So Kong shows up an hour and 18 minutes into the movie and has this habit of picking up and Darrow, Naomi Watts's character, which is very reminiscent of the first movie because Kong picks up Fay Ray as Andaro and carries her around. And it's part of Kong's personality, and it's part of the monstery thing of the big monster picking up the damsel in distress. And what gets me about this movie is that Kong will hold her, but he's still doing all the gorilla things and the big monster things. So he's like swinging her back and forth, and he's like climbing around. And when he's fighting the V-Rexes, she's in his hand, and then he like drops her into his foot. And, like, one swing of his arm takes him, like, half a second. But that's moving this woman (laughs) meters and meters. Like, there is no way this woman is still in one piece. (laughs) It's like, I I I was watching the movie, and he's, like, swinging his arm back and forth. (laughs) Just, like, out of boredom or agitation. But she's in his hand! There's one scene where he's running through the forest on all fours, as gorillas do. While holding her in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> and and like, she avoids all the rocks. You have broken this poor woman. That's a lot of G-forces. <laughs> oh, no. G doesn't stand for gorilla. That's a lot of gorilla forces. <laughs> yeah. So that's my, like, I, but no. Yeah, no, that's that's not how this worked. I'm going to piggyback off yours because I have a very similar mini rant. For everyone else in the movie, <laughs> these people are superhuman. Like, not only does she somehow survive that, there are multiple. One of the people gets thrown through the jack. The main hero gets thrown through the air by one of the dinosaurs. And when he's t- he's talking about the King Kong two thousand five Di- cast, two thousand five, not Loki and Captain Marvel. No, <laughs> <laughs> who we expect to be superhuman. Yes, like you know th- that would make sense. <laughs> I kept wondering why she didn't go by now. Yeah, let's just, let's just shoot him. Come on now, you can do it. <laughs> but these people are getting thrown around. They fall down a cliff and they are getting almost trampled. And none of the main characters, all the main characters are put in fatal situations. None of them die. Yep. All these random people that were somewhere on the boat during the trip <laughs> keep getting killed. There's moments when one of, <laughs> when the the movie star hero Bruce Baxter uh, by Kyle Chandler swings on a vine into the the canyon with a Tommy gun in one hand shooting giant <laughs> bugs off the cliff face not missing a single shot it's cartoon logic it's so crazily cartoony and it's what's weird about that is that it stands in such dramatic contrast to how hyper realistic they otherwise went with Kong yes and the the ecosystem obviously the the creatures are are monstery and, yes. and impossible but they went they they put so much detail into making kong look and act and feel like a gorilla yep and then the people are made of rubber it just <laughs> they they can do no wrong and it yeah it's it takes me out of it a little bit every time on just <laughs> i don't understand we were tough back during the great depression people were right yeah, <laughs> that, that generation was a tough are generation soft these days. <laughs> we used to grab onto flying rats and glide through the forest. <laughs> one one time, I had a bug on me, and my friend shot it off me with a machine gun. He'd never picked up a machine gun before. He wasn't he didn't even have his eyes open. Only nicked me a few times, <laughs> and I walked it off fifteen miles uphill both ways. He said, "Should I use the butt of the gun?" I said, "No, use the bullets." <laughs> Like a man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> so so the new Kongs. Those are our new Kong movies. Yes, the 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 two the Kongs of the twenty first century. Yep. And Kong Skull Island leads both directly and is preceded by the next two movies we are gonna discuss in episode five. The final our our culmination. Our culmination of Kaijun. We have we'll reach the end of Kaijun with Godzilla 2014, 
and Godzilla, the king of the monsters. Stay tuned. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Common Descent Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and check our WordPress blog for pictures and links after each episode. Huge thanks to our patrons whose support helps keep this podcast running and who get access to bonus goodies on Patreon. The song you're hearing is called On the Origin of Species by Protodome, which we found at ocremix.org. Thanks again for listening. We hope you'll join us next time.